Yeah. Politics with Mercer Prescott. Politics with his eclectic band of cronies giving you the truth about everything they lie about. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. Don't forget about Earn to Burn. What you gonna do is learn. That's right, it's now your turn. Politics, go and listen. Get your lesson, watch my blink glisten. I'm gonna get what you're missing. But the bullshit now you're pissing me off. Y'all heard the news, you get a soft, full of lies. And why do they try? They wanna trick you. But politics is gonna gift you with education for the masses to get up in your ignorant asses. Politics with Mercer Prescott and the collective band of cronies. Yeah! Politics. Every Monday at 7 p.m., dial 1-646-668-8795 to speak with the host, Mercer Prescott, now. I want to spend more time with my family and those who depend on me. I want to earn a little extra income now that I'm retired. I want to work part-time while I put myself through school. I want the freedom to follow my passion and still earn a good living. With Uber, it's all possible. Uber is a smartphone-based app that connects drivers with riders at the push of a button. Uber is available 24-7. It fits around my existing schedule so I can work whenever and wherever I want. Accept the fare and a pickup is just moments away. Riders are charged automatically through the app and at the end of each week, I receive a direct deposit into my account. Safe and easy. Around the globe, Uber is empowering people to be their own boss. You can run your business the way you want. Without having to give up on what matters most. I want to earn more, save more, and plan for my future. I want the flexibility to spend time on what's important to me. I want the security to be able to chase my dreams. I want to be part of a growing company that's changing the way people move. I want to be an Uber partner. Location, I'll be heading. 
You know what, though? I'm feeling very musical today. I think it's time to play one more jam for the road. Now, 86, that I'm going to tell lies. It's like the politician who's um, number 45 tells lies. Merck, do your thing. I'm out the loop because I'm at the hospital doing crisis work because we have more than usual mental health crises due to this presidency. All right. And, and also due to that uh, impending DeMarcus Cousins trade if they're, if they're basketball fans. Dick, how you don't Dick, put, how you put how you put DeMarcus Cousins and uh, eyebrows in the same team? Who's going who to get a rebound? Nobody. There you go. You know what? That's some BS. You know what I'm saying? That's some that's some. Yeah, you know what I mean, though? I mean, I mean, every time you bring something like that up, I'd be like, you know, and, and, and I just don't know you know what I got to say, but, you know, I'd be like, you know what I'm saying? So I'd be like, totally, and, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the they're talking, they're talking about, you know? And then we got this president, you know, Mr. President, president over here to talk about, you better forget it. You, you get it, you get it, you get it. All right, all right, all right. I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, what's going on everybody? Uh I'm just gonna jump right into it, man. Uh hypocrisy is the lifeblood of the Republican Party. Now, I know that's a bold statement. And I know some of you who lean a little bit to the right might be saying, Hey, fuck you, you liberal hippie freak cocksucker. And some people who lean more to the left are probably thinking, Yeah, I thought this was a new show. Tell me something I don't know. You know. But it's always been so apparent. But now, with number 45 in office, it's become absolutely ridiculous, the whole hypocrisy thing. Let's take uh, something very simple, uh, vacations. You know, uh, I was trying to find the numbers compared to him and other presidents outside of his era. I don't know if they keep those types of records, but uh, President Obama took uh, the fewest vacations of – Fusication days of modern of the modern presidents. Keep in mind when you talk about modern presidents, you talk about like Reagan, uh, the Bushes, Clinton, you know, and himself. So, but you figure it like this, right? Taxpayers spent more money on number forty five's family in a month than we spent protecting the Obamas in a year. So you figure, in an, on average in a year, we spend about twelve million dollars protecting. Uh, the Obamas when they were the first family. $12 million a year is a lot of money, right? That's Secret Service and all the other stuff that goes with it. For number 45 and his family alone, just for the last three weeks, hasn't even been a month yet, it's already up to $11 million. Because you figure we have to protect his doofus sons. They fly all around the world. Uh, Melania is in New York with her son because, you know, I, I guess... Melania can't hide those bruises all the time, so she's got to have some time away to heal, you know, before she makes the next public appearance. So it's been a nightmare logistically to have Secret Service protect all these people. You know, New York is eating a huge bill to have Melania at Trump Tower, as opposed to being in the White House with her husband like she's supposed to be. So, and you figure Trump has taken three vacations already. Uh, you know, he's at his place in Mar-a-Lago in Florida, and it's costing us uh, $11 million so far. Hasn't even been a month yet. Now, you figure with uh, number 45's family, you figure, okay, well, you figure he's got three adult children, four if you count Tiffany. No one counts Tiffany. I don't even think Asian Orange counts Tiffany. You never see her. She's probably locked in the basement someplace. They just slide food in the dish over to her every now and then you know I don't know why she's so maligned <laughs> poor Tiffany <laughs> but I, and I'm horrible I say poor Tiffany as I laugh at her it's not her fault but you figure it might just be a special circumstance because he has these, all these adult children who are taking part in his business and it wouldn't be so bad if not for the fact that just this last July here are a couple of tweets from uh Agent Orange from just this past July. Why is President Obama allowed to use Air Force One on the campaign trail with Crooked Hillary? She's flying with him tomorrow. Who pays? And then the next day, taxpayers are paying a fortune for the use of Air Force One on the campaign trail by President Obama and Crooked Hillary. A total disgrace. Now, had he not said that, right? You know, 
And don't get me wrong, even if he didn't say that, it's still bullshit that we pay all that money for them to fly all over the place. And the fact that what makes it worse is that, like I said before, Melania and Barron are in New York. So they have to pay to keep people around Trump Tower. There's probably traffic around Trump Tower because of all the security, you know, just because she can't stand to be around her husband on a full-time basis. So, but the thing is, every time Obama was on vacation, Fox News was all over it. Infowars was all over it. Uh, What's that other piece of shit publication? Uh, Daily Caller, Tucker Carlson's newspaper. You know, Glenn Beck, you know, back when he was relevant. All these people were all over it. And now you don't hear anything from them about Trump's vacations. Nothing. Three vacations in three weeks. I think he's trying to to run President Bush off the table. You figure, all right, on average, we get two, maybe three weeks vacation a year if you're lucky, right? Let's just go with three let's, let's go with three weeks of vacation every year, right? So in eight years, that's twenty four weeks of vacation, right? Twenty four weeks, uh that's what, six months. So in eight years you you're taking six months worth of vacation if you were to take it all in one shot. It'd be six months. In George W. Bush's eight years in office, his vacation days added up to two and a half years. So out of eight years of being president, he, he was on vacation two and a half years. That's more than a quarter of his time as president was spent on vacation. And I think that uh, Agent Orange is trying to run him off the table as far as vacation days. Three vacations in three weeks, and basically he's done nothing. And um, I'm trying to – I just saw it this morning. The problem with, with a show like this for me, because I don't do this on a daily basis, I do it once a week, is that I'll write stuff, and then more stuff will happen. Then I have to go back <laughs> and rewrite stuff, cut some stuff out, you know, try to get to fit in that hour. Now, my thing is this. Uh, someone made a great point this morning. I think he was on CNN. And he said uh, basically that number 45 is a rocking horse. And he said, don't confuse uh, – Rocking back and forth, that motion with progress. Because, yeah, he's moving a lot, but he hasn't done anything. So basically, when you're on vacation, it's because you earned it, because you did some work. You know, that's why it's called a break, because you did a lot of work, and now you get a break. So, yeah, I worked all morning, so now I get that 15-minute break to kind of breathe and relax, get myself a peanut butter sandwich and some water. You know, I'm on a little bit of a diet. Um, And... You know, get back into it before lunch, you know, or even in the, in the lines of a tax break. What it's supposed to be is for people who pay a lot of money in taxes, you get a tax break. Here you go. Now you have to pay so much in taxes because you, you've been paying taxes. What is number 45 done to earn a vacation? Nothing. He's like a reverse King Midas. Everything he touches turns to shit. He's done nothing. All Most of his executive orders and his memorandum – they're basically just uh, – it's all bluster. It's all telling people, hey, look into this. But it's not doing anything. The only thing that he signed was his, uh, his Muslim ban, and it was so poorly written that it got struck down in court. And then it got struck down in court again. 
<laughs> so it, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know. But all the number 45 fans, they won't say a word. All the news organizations, and with the exception maybe of Fox News, they've been kind of pushing back lately. I don't know what's going on over there at Fox News, but, you know, Fox and Friends, they love number 45. The rest of Fox News, they could take them or leave them. But that's the main thing. If you have Facebook friends who are conservatives or neighbors or coworkers, you know, ask yourself a question. Do they ever bring this stuff up? Or do they just stay quiet? Because they can't defend them. <laughs> they could, but they look like jackasses. So they have to stay quiet on this. You know? Put it like this. Uh, Heckle and Jekyll, uh, number 45 sons, they're flying all around the world making business deals, enriching the family by using the office of the president, something that the Constitution says that you cannot do. Right? Check this out. From the Constitution, no title of nobility shall be granted by the United States, and no person holding any office of profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of Congress, accept any present emolument, office, or title of any kind whatsoever from any king, prince, or foreign state. Foreign state is what matters here, because I think the the Saudis are a monarchy, you know, but... Uh, Basically, the foreign states are what we worry about in this. An emolument, for those who don't know, is generally defined as a profit, fee, or compensation arising from an office or, or employment. So simply put, all that flowery 1700 speech, it basically just means uh, it prohibits the government officials from accepting gifts or payments from a foreign government. And that's exactly what the... Uh, the anti-Brady bunch is doing over there. You figure somebody like Hillary, right? Her big concern, well, our big concern about her was the Clinton Foundation and the whole thing about pay-to-play. So you figure it like this, using Saudi Arabia as an example. Uh, all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia donates money to the Clinton Foundation, and the next thing you know, oh, yeah, that weapons deal you were looking for, approved, while Hillary was Secretary of State. So there was a lot of concern about pay for play about pay to play, and you know what? Those concerns were one thousand percent legitimate. But number forty-five, they're openly doing it. You had people who were supposed to go to other hotels, foreign dignitaries, who canceled their reservations in other hotels, and they went to Trump's hotel. Pardon my language. <laughs> now it's funny every time I use. Number 45's real name, I have to say, pardon my language. <laughs> it's a curse word. Um, but they're going to his hotels. Is in direct violation. Now, I'll, I'll say one thing. I was reading up on this because my question was, that I was researching is, if this is so blatant, why isn't anybody doing anything about it? And it's basically because, yeah, this was written a long time ago, number one, and number two, We've never been put in this position before. We've never had a president who's had such strong foreign ties. So my guess is that when they finally do bring him up on charges, 
talk about number 45 in this family. Uh, they want to get it right. They want to make sure that this is interpreted correctly. You know, no judge that I know of has ever broken it down because it's never come up. And I'm like, you know, that's a good point. Because we've never had a U.S. president in modern times, I should say, with such strong foreign ties as number 45. So it's you figure number 45 doubled the price of his membership at Mar-a-Lago at his golf course in Florida. It was 100 grand a year to be a member. Now it's 200 grand a year. And now for that 200 grand, you get access to the president. You get to play golf with him. You get, you get his ear. You know, if you could afford 200 grand a year to play at this shitty golf club, um, at least the payoff is you get to talk to the president. Get to have lunch with him whenever you want. Well, he's probably going to be there a lot because he ain't really doing any work. You know, put it like this. Melania had an ad for her jewelry line on the White House website. And when I say an ad, I don't mean like a full page ad like you find on a website. But Melania had a bio on a White House website, and in the bio, it mentioned that you could buy her jewelry on QVC. Now, they've since taken that down, but I think uh, Washington Post had an article about it. So I'm just sitting here like, all this stuff is just so blatant. But... uh, but let it the have Trump. been Hillary Clinton, though. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He would have been all over that, dig. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely he would have. And, well, he, he already has been. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing with the Clinton Foundation, everything. They were already all over it, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And now that he's doing it, you hear crickets from these guys. Crickets. Right, there you go. There you go. I don't have a cricket sound effect, so I can't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> But you figure now, uh, just this past weekend, uh, you know, he was in Florida. He had a rally in, in mm-hmm. Florida. And he's, he's back on the campaign trail. He's trying to get that four-year head start on the Democrats on the campaign trail. And, so I seen, and I've seen some tweets. I don't know if they're real tweets because, you know, I ain't got a lot of people do falsify tweets. I mean, it was a yeah. screenshot of some tweets in which he was saying how he was criticizing Obama for having Hillary on the plane doing the same damn thing. It's about million dollars per day, da, 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 da. He's yeah. such a hypocrite, and I don't like hypocr- hypocrisy you know, on any level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I was just – I was talking Are you going to say that? I, I, I'm I, sorry. I hate to jump the gun. I, I apologize. You know, I, I oh, no, got to no, get no, in where I fit fine. in because I'm in the hospital. So I can only talk for every, like, three minutes for, like, every 10, 20 minutes, like, in between clients. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. But, no, but those are real tweets. Those those came from his account from back in July. Okay. And, That's you bananas. Know, yeah. I love how people screenshot stuff like that. I've had, I've never ever screenshot a tweet, but I, apparently that's the thing to do. <laughs> it is because then people go back and they delete them. After they catch right. tweets for them. Right. And this way, yeah, I done got in trouble for a couple of posts that I made, you know, being connected to the hospital. And they were like, oh, you shouldn't have said that about that client. If they, if they, if somebody does the research, they probably could figure out who you was talking about. Oops, sorry. Won't do that again. I'll make that right. even more subliminal. <laughs> <laughs> make it harder to figure out. Right. <laughs> but, he, but figure it like this. Number 45 is the worst president ever. I know he's only been president for a month. Mm-hmm. But he's the worst president ever. 
Let's pretend like I did that a million times until the show was over. No, I disagree. Not the worst. We haven't seen this intent of how where this is going to go. But I can name 27 right off the top of my head. This is prior to Jim Crow laws. Everybody up until Jim Crow laws was pretty bad, if you ask me. No matter what they did for the country, they didn't do for all, right? True. I but mean, the thing I is, talk, I can speak on Roosevelt all day in his 16-year term and be like, oh, he did this, he did that, he did that. Weren't we still robbed of rights and that we're supposed to be equal? The Constitution clearly indicated all men are equal. Were we still not treated like dogs? Were we still not exposed to Jim Crow laws? True. But I will say one thing about FDR. And if he had lived a few months longer, you figure the reason why Germany and Japan are the way they are now, mm-hmm. as far as their economies, you know, uh, the collective bargaining, stuff like that, is because after the war, we wrote their constitutions. Mm. So basically, the way that it was supposed to be for them is supposed to be for us as well. And so FDR if we were able died. to fix theirs, and why we couldn't fix ours? Because FDR died. And he died before we were able to get it implemented here in the U.S. But we wrote their constitutions after the war. So I you think that FDR, if he was able ago. to rewrite the constitution, we'd probably be in better shape than we are in today? Yeah. At least economically, yes? Economically, yeah. Uh, socially, that's a whole other matter. Hey, you know what? I, I, went, I done took mad economics classes. I done took mad history classes. Why I took the day, February 20th, 2017, Mercer Prescott on a radio station that gets almost no love <laughs> to, find, to find this information out. And that's a critical piece of information. That's something I'm actually going to start, look up some books and read up on. I mean, yeah. and that's what I like about this show, this particular show of the Eclectic Media brand actually has me looking up research, reading, trying to go back and find out, you know, to explore more topics based on some of the things that you, you've explored or your guests explored. And it's a beautiful place to be. That's the whole reason why Eclectic Media was envisioned, to yeah. educate, to empower, and also entertain. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you I'm, definitely educate the masses, and I thank you for that. Yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, jump back in. Him, man. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> you figure like this with somebody like number forty-five. Mm-hmm. You figure it, he has—he has a very fragile ego, right? Last three weeks have been brutal for him. I mean, he's been mercilessly—I mean, mercilessly as in nonstop, but it's well deserved. You mean because, Mercer? Mercilessly? Ah, I love the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called Mercer the Merciless more than once, so it's all good. <laughs> I like that, man. I wish I had a name like that. I get called Blue's Clues. I mean, that's not hard at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically he needs that, you know, he needs the adulation. He needs the crowds cheering for him, which is why he keeps having these stupid rallies, even though he's not running for office anymore, at least mm-hmm. not for another few years. And all these slack-jawed, toothless yokels are out there cheering for him, even though they're about to lose their health care, which I, I'll, I'll tell you is not going to be as easy as, as it sounds. Because, and I'll tell you why in, in a little bit. But you figure Republican voters never check their people. When their people go off the rails, they either say nothing or they defend it. Even though, even when defending it makes them look stupid. You figure like this, right? After 
Democrats' devastating loss to number 45, right? You have an internal war between the progressives and the money Democrats, right? You figure the establishment is trying to push uh, their goons to be president. They're trying to get Tim Kaine to run for president in 2020. Tim Kaine, a.k.a. Baron Von Milktoast, a.k.a. the human mayonnaise sandwich, to steal a line from Bob's Burgers, if Tim Kaine was a Spikes, he'd be flour. That's how dry and boring this guy is. But his main flaw is that he's a corporate stooge. And that's the thing. Progressives aren't voting for a corporate stooge. There is even talk to them running Mark Cuban. Yeah, that Mark Cuban, the billionaire. As a Democrat, Mark Cuban is the furthest thing from a Democrat. He's an Ayn Rand, uh, Ayn or Ayn, I don't even know how to pronounce this bitch's name, but he's a devotee of hers. Matter of fact, he named one of his boat. I mean, I don't know if he has more than one boat. He named his yacht after her, after one of her books. So, how? Why would he run as a Democrat? That's absolutely ridiculous. Because I mean, in their simple logic, well, they ran a billionaire, so we're going to run a billionaire. That's stupid. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Especially if you're not going to run a billionaire who's an actual progressive. Then you got Cory Booker, who is basically just a younger, blacker Tim Kaine. He's a corporate stooge. He's already shown what he's all about. After him and 11 other Democrats uh, turned their backs on us on that whole uh, pharmaceutical deal. And then you have Joe Manchin, who was not in the running for president, but I bring him up because he thinks he's safe. You know, he's in West Virginia. He's a Democrat out there. He figures he's the incumbent. And after he basically, he was the only Democrat to vote for Jeff Sessions for uh, attorney general and uh, to vote for Steve uh, Mnuchin for treasury secretary. So he's basically, he's he's a, a blue dog Democrat, but he thinks he's safe. And now those progressives, they're looking at him like a piece of meat. They're going after a seat. So even if he manages to win, it's going to take a lot of effort because he's going to get primaried out there. So best case scenario, we unseat him and get another Democrat in there. Worst case scenario, a Republican will take the seat. But the, but the thing is, he won't be there. And then you have Elizabeth Warren, who I've heard rumors of her running for president. Here's the thing. Here's how rabid progressives are right now at this whole uh, – after this election – even Elizabeth Warren's seat may not be safe. And that's crazy. Now, the reason why progressives are still pissed at Elizabeth Warren is because they felt like during the primaries, when Bernie was still running, uh, Bernie lost uh, Massachusetts. That's Elizabeth Warren's state. And basically, and I believe this too, if at that point Elizabeth Warren was neutral, but they felt that if she backed Bernie, because their ideals align almost perfectly, if she had backed Bernie, he could have won uh, Massachusetts, and that could have turned things around. But she didn't. She stayed neutral, and after Bernie lost Massachusetts, then she jumped on Hillary's bandwagon, and that pissed a lot of progressives off. So even her seat may not be safe, and that's crazy. Her Consumer Protection Agency has recovered almost a billion dollars that corporations worked uh, people for, that they got back because of that. She is very important to the cause. So I don't want to see her lose her seat over one mistake. 
And yeah, she has done some things recently that have been a little bit hinky. Like she voted for uh, Ben Carson for HUD housing. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I've, obviously, Carson made some promises, but he's a Republican, so we know he's not going to keep them. <laughs> so I don't know what the rationale is there. But, you know, I don't want to see her lose her seat. But, but the point is, even if the Democrats are still playing that whole uh, follow the leader, toe the line thing, the progressives are not. If they screw up, they will hear about it. They'll be at those town hall meetings. They'll protest them. They'll call them. They'll do whatever they have to do. That's not happening with, uh, with the Republicans. They don't hold these dudes to task at all. Only time that Republicans get mad at their politicians is when they don't get what they want. Everybody else can eat a dick as far as they're concerned. But if I don't get what I want, I'm going to be mad, and I'm going to, I'm, then they're going to get an earful. But everybody else, who gives a shit? Like John Stewart said, that whole uh, asthma and diabetes thing that your, that your kid has, fuck them. Who cares? And that's, that's the sickening part of it. Put it like this. In Iowa right now, Iowa Republicans are trying really hard to strip collective bargaining rights away from public workers. So what do they do? They divide them up into two groups. You got your public safety workers, which is your cops and your firemen, and then everybody else. Now, that divide and conquer tactic worked in Wisconsin with Scott Walker, right? Divided them up, you know, and this is when Scott Walker was going in for his, uh, his recall, Right. So once he divided them up and basically, oh, the cops and firemen figured in, uh, in Wisconsin figured, okay, we're going to keep – we're going to get to keep our collective bargaining, so we'll vote for Scott Walker. And they did, and Scott Walker won. Barely, but he won. I think I want to say I, – I need to back this up. I forgot to look it up earlier today because that comparison just popped into my mind. But I do want to say that Scott Walker was the first – Governor, not in, uh, you know, there were other types of recalls, but I think he was the first gubernatorial recall uh, to actually have him survive. Like every other gubernatorial recall, they've been recalled. So I think he was the first one to survive a, a gubernatorial recall, which is crazy because usually if there's enough votes to put forth a recall, there's enough votes to get to unseat you. And one of the things that he did was he promised the cops and the firemen out there, you know, we'll let you keep yours, but everybody else gets screwed. And then what happens after he got the recall? He went after theirs. <laughs> so this is kind of what was happening here in Iowa. So they divided them up, right? But a lot of the cops and the firemen weren't going for it. But you had two schools of thought on it. You had two, uh, two paths on this on why the cops and the firemen weren't going for it, that whole divide and conquer tactic. One side was because it's the right thing to do. So you figure some of the cops and firemen are thinking that, hey, uh, these people have had their collective bargaining rights for 40 years. You can't just strip it away from them. That's wrong. Even if we get to keep ours, it's wrong that they're going to lose theirs. But half those people are Republicans. And what they're thinking is, hey – I may be able to keep my collective bargaining rights, but 
some of them weren't going to be able to. So if you have jailers, you have clerks, you have uh, deputies who are part of law enforcement but who don't fall under uh, public safety workers. So they were going to lose theirs anyway. And one of them said, and I quote, uh, we did not vote Republican to get stabbed in the back. So basically what they were saying is we vote a Republican to fuck other people over, not to get fucked over. Because when has a Republican ever put forth a policy that helps a bunch of people? Because everybody's not going to get helped. You know, you try to help as many people as you can and at least not damage the ones that you don't help. But Republicans, only people who get who benefit are 1%. So you strip their collective bargaining rights. You basically, uh, it saves money, and then you have more money to give to the 1%. Look what happened in Florida with Jeb Bush. Uh, Jeb Bush basically quote-unquote, save the money for the state by privatizing a lot of stuff that would normally be taken care of by the state and then called it saving money. It's absolutely ridiculous. So the divide-and-conquer thing didn't work in Iowa, right? So here's what you do. If when divide-and-conquer doesn't work, you use fear to get people under, your, under control and if there's nothing for them to be afraid of, make some shit up. Okay? Look at what's happening lately in the, in the uh, press, uh, Kellyanne Con job uh, and the whole Bowling Green massacre that never happened. The thing that number 45 made up about Sweden, an attack in Sweden, that never happened. Right? There was one thing that happened in Sweden. Uh, I will tell you this, and this is one thing you need to, to look out for. I'm in a group uh, on Facebook, it's a Snopes group, and I don't think it's by like I don't know if any of the actual editors from Snopes if they even know it has their logo, but a lot of people when they find stuff online they post it, and we get to research it and find out if it's real or not. And one of them posted a video of hold on, not a video but a meme. And let me see if I can't find what the meme said. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right, Arminas. Was, which is the name of the, the victim, and I'll go over it in a second. Arminas, 15, defended white schoolgirls killed by immigrants. Right? And then the, the person who tweeted it, her name is Ann Kelly. Uh, she says, never forget hero and martyr Arminas died defending schoolgirls being harassed. And then hashtag rape, uh, rape fugees, uh, hashtag white genocide, and hashtag SV poll. I don't know what that means. But anyway, so to, as, as the story went by the, by the alt-right, by the Nazis, sorry. I keep saying alt-right. By the Nazis, uh, this Syrian refugee was harassing schoolgirls, and this brave young man went to defend these poor defenseless schoolgirls and then got stabbed and got killed by the Syrian refugee. Now, on its face, doesn't that sound stupid? Doesn't that sound like something like, like, like if a 15-year-old was trying to write a novel, like that story he would write? 
it, yeah. it, just sounds, it just sounds like there was a lot of stuff missing. So basically, here's what was missing, right? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. All right, go ahead. All right. <laughs> a, Sy- a, a Syrian refugee did indeed stab this boy and kill him. That definitely happened, right? Here's why it happened. Uh, Arminas, the the victim, was bullying the Syrian boy for weeks, probably even longer than that, right? Bullying him, tormenting him to the point where he didn't even want to go to school anymore, right? They kept going to the principal and saying, hey, you got to do something about this, and they were going the whole boys will be boys line, right? Wait, wait, Matter wait, of fact, wait, 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 well, maybe, maybe you'll say it. Maybe you'll say the point that I'm gonna make. So I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish. But I just want to let you know that Beyonce had the best record on record. You know, Beyonce. Go ahead, have the phone back. You can take the phone back. Now, for real though, but that doesn't justify. I mean, regardless of that, that don't justify the death. No, absolutely, absolutely death. not. It doesn't justify the death. But here's the thing. The boy, I mean, his father and his brother, his older brother, were telling him. Be patient. Let the authorities do their job. And every day it was the same thing. Matter of fact, there was a Snapchat video showing this boy, uh, Arminas, who was way bigger than the Syrian kid, a video of him uh, chasing him, punching him, you know, kicking him through the hallways. Oh, if it's a Snapchat, then how is there even no proof? Snapchat's disappearing 24 hours. That's the thing. It's currently being investigated. Mm-hmm. There's a, a website that I got it from called uh, Vocative, if I'm pronouncing it right. They're part of the, what they call the, uh, the deep web. So they basically uh, they use the web to dig these stories up and uh, to put truth to them. So even they said in their, uh, in their article that it, hasn't been, it does look very much like those two, but they still haven't had it 100% verified yet. But here's the thing, right? The boy who uh, the Syrian boy couldn't take anymore, and he ended up stabbing his tormentor with the with the paring knife. Right now, the thing is, the whole thing about uh, him defending these these uh, these girls from this Syrian thug was basically bullshit. It was a very personal thing between these two. Right, had nothing to do with anybody else. It was just the boy. And his bully, and that's it. Has that and story he, been vetted? Like, has the truth came out and made and exposed Orange Head for all the lies he's been telling? Yeah, yeah. Now, keep in mind that uh, this is not what uh, what number forty five mentioned. But I wanted, to, oh. but the point I wanted to make is this: how the alt right takes these stories and turns it into something that it's not. This is a personal matter. Oh, just like I did. I'm an alt left. I got you. I got you. (laughs) This This is a personal matter between these two boys, and they made it about something that it wasn't. Trying to make this kid who was a bully make him into some sort of martyr for uh, white people. And here's, here's the worst part. This boy, and, and somebody in, in my Snopes group mentioned, they were like, uh, Arminas, they were like, that's not a, uh, it's not a Swedish name. And it turns out they're not from Sweden. They're from, I thought I wrote it down, Lithuania. 
So his family are immigrants themselves, picking on other immigrants, which is absolutely insane. And it's funny that they mentioned that. And when I read that in the article that they were from Lithuania, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, kind of, <laughs> because you figure immigrants and you know, people in a, in a strange land would stick together. But the alt-right is really good at that, about taking stories. And the best way you, you can know how a story is bullshit is when it has uh, – there's basically no substance to it. So mm-hmm. like I said in this meme, Armina's 15 defended white school girls killed by immigrant. Uh, okay, that can mean anything. I know it means something specific, but it could mean anything. Mm-hmm. When it really was a personal matter between these two boys. Now, you figure going back to uh, number 45 and what he said about what happened in Sweden, this fake terror mm-hmm. attack that never happened, you know where he saw that? He saw that on Fox News. And it's repeated what Fox News said. When does Fox huh. News tell the truth? You know when Fox News tells the truth, like what John Stewart was talking when John Stewart was riffing on him? Between 10 o'clock and 10.30 in the morning when they do actual news. And the other 23 and, the other 23 and a half hours is just horseshit. It's just made up horseshit. Oh, you know I have a show on Fox News, right? For real? Yeah, you don't. I, I come on at ten thirty. <laughs> you I start call when the, it's called the Urban Perspective. Catch me on Tuesdays and Thursdays at ten thirty p.m. on Fox News. <laughs> <I wish I'd>, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Man, imagine that, right? You know what I'm saying? That's my dream, though. That's my dream. (laughs) (laughs) Put it like this. There was a case in Texas, right, of a a hunter, hunter's guide and his his client who were both shot, Mm -hmm. right? They blamed it on an illegal immigrant. They said there was an illegal immigrant on the grounds and that the illegal immigrant shot them both, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I'm going to read the story from Think Progress when they looked into this. They said, when police first found a hunting guide and his client bleeding from gunshot wounds on the South Texas ranch in early January, everyone on the scene had their stories straight. The hunters told police that they suspected the shooters were undocumented immigrants they had seen on the ranch earlier in their trip. Their stories mm-hmm. soon jumped into online right-wing circles, thanks in part to Texas Commissioner of Agriculture and Number 45 ally, Sid Miller. But it was a lie. Mm. According to the police and now a grand jury, uh, investigators determined that Guides Walker and uh, Walker Daughtery, if I pronounced that right, which I probably didn't, and Michael Bryant, in fact, shot at one another by accident, striking Daughtery and Hunter Edwin Roberts in the process. Daughtery and Bryant were indicted for third-degree felonies last Wednesday. Now, here's the thing sorry, about that. Third degree even, felonies? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> but um, even <laughs> though uh, it's probably I, – I don't want to say misdemeanor because they actually listed it as a felony, but if it's third degree, I mean, they'll be all right. But the thing is, that lie has already sprouted the wings, and it's already flying away, and it's making all these alt-right folks you know, angry. They blamed it on an undocumented immigrant who didn't exist. But it's, right. so, but it's so easy for them to say, oh, it must have been an illegal immigrant. Actually, in areas where you have a lot of immigrants, and even especially undocumented immigrants, 
It's not that crime goes down. It doesn't necessarily go up because these people don't want to uh, – they don't want to draw attention. So they're less likely to commit crimes, but unfortunately, they're less likely to report crimes. So if they were to get mm-hmm. robbed, they're not going to call the cops because then they have to tell the cops who they are. So, so, so this is what you're telling me. Oh, shit. Oh, new scam. Hold up, hold up. But um, so it's not to say that illegal immigrants don't commit crimes. But they're less likely to because they know they're going to serve their prison sentence, and then they're going to get deported. If you just get up. caught as an illegal That's immigrant, I don't do no crimes. So I'm not supposed to be over here. I'm, I'm an illegal immigrant. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I never got officially saying that I could stay in America from Haiti. You know? I wouldn't say that. On, I wouldn't it's say that on the air. Here, I've been here so long. It's just like you don't even nobody even realizes it anymore. They almost lost my accent. You know? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that too loud because there, uh, I know number forty-five is, is considering. Anybody listen to this radio show? Fuck Ivana, <laughs> fuck Ivanka and her autism ass son. Okay, really? Don't you think we'd be off the air by now? <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least be sued into oblivion. Right, I wish somebody would. I really do. <laughs> now, there's certain things I won't say. There were certain things I won't mention. Certain titles, some things I would never say. Because right. I know that somehow it probably is monitored. Your keywords are picked up, and boom, FBI is at your front door. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But at least the FBI is still working. And all I mean, the things they, they, they thwarted I a. To uh, the point where I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but I, trust me, they have better things to do, and they're actually doing them. I. I well, they got other things to do. But what's going on in Chicago? Can you give us an update about Chicago? Uh, they had a town hall in Chicago, and I had a I posted a clip this morning, uh, of a young man really breaking it down as to why things are going so wrong in Chicago, and the fact that more cops is not the answer, because and he made an excellent point. He said cops are, uh, reactionary. You commit a crime, the cops show up. Cops don't prevent crime. Cops are just there to react after the crime happens. So, so as what the young man said, you could have 100,000 cops on the streets, and it's not going to solve anything. So we figure, you know, all this money that they're doing, they, that they're reinvesting, they're not reinvesting it in the right places to help, to help people. And uh, I have the clip. The clip is on my, on my feed. Uh, if you want, I'll, I'll shoot you the link. But it was very well said. I mean, he, he's, a, he's, he's an activist. I didn't. I don't remember his name, but like I said, I just saw the clip this morning before I started work. But uh, he was on point. I was. Only thing I, I could say about that was, damn, he was really on point. And and their police commissioner was sitting there. He looked mad. He was looking mad. You know. But what are you gonna do? You know. I mean, honestly. The thing, what's been going on in Chicago, what's been going on in Flint, all that stuff, it's been going on for too long, and people are just getting frustrated. And the answers are right there, but, you know, people got mad at Obama because they were like, well, why didn't Obama do more for Flint? Obama did everything he could do. The rest is up to Congress. That's the problem. Because Congress ain't doing shit. Despite the fact that all these bills, they already uh, – put up 1,800 bills, right? 
I don't think any of them have, have dealt with, with Flint. Obama tried to put up a $2 billion package to help out Flint. Uh, Republicans whittled it down to like $70 million. And I don't even think they voted on it yet. And what's been going on in Flint has been going on for years. Uh, people, have perm- they, people in Flint have permanent brain damage. Kids have permanent brain damage from drinking, uh, from having lead in their drinking water. You know, all the crime going on in Chicago, all the murders. I have a friend of mine who lives in Chicago, and uh, whenever we're on, uh, we're, we're gamers. And uh, I don't think there's a day that goes by where there's not a siren blaring past, uh, you know, where he lives. So it's insane, and it's insane that the fact that – but you know who's, who's, you know who's going to help us out? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey and, and, and Ray Lewis, they got this. And Jim Brown, oh, they're going to get this solved. Hell yeah. Watch. I bet you by the end of the year, Steve Harvey will have the whole Chicago problem solved. Not really. <laughs> you know. It's it's absolutely insane. But the thing is, and, and I feel them, a lot of people feel helpless because they want to help, but they don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you to do on, on how to help. But it all starts at the local level. Look at, look at what happened in Ferguson after Michael Brown got killed. Look how many people got involved in – uh, local politics and actually started getting uh, politicians to an uh, office that actually worked for them and helped them out. Michael Brown was not uh, it wasn't all about him. He was just a short that broke the camel's back because Ferguson had been going on for a long time. All the you know, plea fatality there. But the people got involved mm-hmm. on a local level and put people in office that would uh, work for them. Right. You know, and that's what's got to happen in Chicago. Rahm Emanuel is a terrible mayor. And as long as he's, as long as he's in power, nothing's going to happen. So all those people got to, uh, they got to register to vote. Someone sent me a graphic about this past election. It was, I'm trying to remember the numbers off the top of my head. So forgive me if I get them wrong. Uh, Nineteen point. Well, if you you can say alternate facts just like you do, so do what you do, man. I don't give a fuck. Nineteen point eight percent of registered voters voted for Hillary. Nineteen point five percent of registered voters voted for Trump. Right. Whoa, whoa, Nineteen. You mean like twenty percent, basically? Yes. That don't make no sense. So what yeah. happened to the other eighty percent? Oh, I'll tell you. Um. <laughs> 2.2% of people voted for third party. Then you had uh, 29.9% of people who didn't vote at all. Just oh, a shade of the 30%. So, we, so you vote. said, by your estimate, but we have, what, 400 million people in this country? No, no, six, eight, 800 million people in this country? No, no, no. no. More, more like uh, about 310, 320, uh, 320 million. So you figure how many votes did how many votes did Obama, did Donald Trump get? Now, let me do the math real quick. Yeah, he got about uh, sixty 
sixty-two million. And then oh, Hillary got for some reason I thought it was two hundred and something million. I'm sure. No, no, Hillary got uh, sixty-five million. Trump had sixty-two million, but Trump won so the electoral won by college. Three million votes, and that's yeah. why he's screaming. And it's rigged. It's rigged. Yeah, because really, I would rig it to the bigger electoral colleges places. Speaking yeah. of which, tell me what I got to do to get rid of the electoral college. As president, can I do it? Uh, no. Congress would have to do it. You could sign it, but Congress would have to do it. No, they and Congress is it. not going to do it. They won't do it. They won't do it as long. And that's part of the reason why 2018 is so important for Democrats, because if we, through some miracle, were to get the majority in the House and Senate, uh, if an impeachment went through, we could probably push it through. It all depends on how much majority we have. And we're, we're talking about like. What are going to impeach him on? Why are we always talking impeachment? What did he do? That's impeachable. Uh, basically, it's half his mental state. I mean, if you see his press conferences, it's absolutely ridiculous. And half, basically, is that he, his, his horrible confidence. If this was anybody else, would you be saying that? Let's be for real. I don't like him either, but damn, I'm not going to make shit up either. Well, that's the thing, and that's probably why uh, impeachment probably ain't happening. It's basically they're just sitting waiting for him to commit. Uh, put it like this. Michael Flynn, what he did was basically just uh, pretty close to treason. You know, colluding Michael with the Flynn? Russians. What did I got to uh, do with the president, though? Come on now. Let's, take, let's stay on top of The president it. was the one who told him to, to talk to Russia. That's the thing. Yeah, but if I tell you to do something, I'm not impeachable. You're in trouble, not me. <laughs> and that's basically what happened. He had he had to fall on the sword. He had to pull the Oliver North, except with it without a trial. You know, the thing with the Russians is very sticky because you figure, real quick, because I know we're almost out of time. Now nah, you know it's set- stop streaming at a certain time. Like, we don't have active listeners. We have archive listeners. Go ahead. Okay. Um, is basically the uh, the sanctions that Obama put in place is pretty much stopping ExxonMobil and Russia from working out a half a uh, a five hundred billion dollar oil deal. As long as those sanctions are in place, they can't do them. So basically, and that's where a lot of this comes from because the Russians figure if they get Trump into office. Trump can get rid of those uh, sanctions. Rex Tillerson was the former CEO of ExxonMobil, the company that was going to do the deal with Russia to get at that oil. With those sanctions in place, they can't do anything. So you think that Rex Tillerson is not going to review those uh, those sanctions and then, and then remove them? Now, the sanctions that Obama put in place because of the Russian meddling – those are kind of arbitrary, but the ones that they put in place because of Crimea, they don't really have any real recourse to remove those so long as Russians are still occupying Crimea. But you figure number 45 will find a way because it's easy for him to find a way because he's, he'll do it and then just say some gibberish. And then his fans would be like, yep, yeah, it makes sense. You know. But it's just absolutely uh, – it's all just right there. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like one of those movies that you see on Netflix that didn't mm-hmm. come out in the theaters. It came straight to Netflix. Uh, it's yeah, a, don't it, watch it's those. 
it's a story just like that, basically. It's that blatant. It's that out there. All those ties to Russia. You know, he, he's basically cupping Putin's balls every time he's on a press conference. He's out there like, wouldn't it be great if we got along with Russia? No. No, it wouldn't. We don't need to go to war with Russia. But we're really not on that same wavelength like that with Russia. Imagine if we went to war. I mean, I don't even know. Put it like this. I don't know. I think we got past wars. I think we're smart as a nation, as a world. We know wars don't work. Yeah. You know, you know what? There's a war going on right now that we, we don't even recognize, and it's the war of economics. That's what wins wars, not shooting each other, killing each other. You dig what I'm saying? Right. There was a, uh, a and video it's funny that the people who stand on top. Yeah. How you say in English? The people who are who, who we beat their ass do, are doing better economically than we are. Mm-hmm. And why are we still? Allowing these damn Afghans to grow heroin, and we got the biggest opium, opiate, heroin, meth problem in the United States than we've had in the previous 30, 40 years. Because somebody's making money off of it. That's the thing. Uh, at one point, uh, heroin was legal, and they were touting heroin as the successor to morphine. And then they, mm-hmm. the government realized, wow. People are really getting horribly, horribly hooked on this stuff. We cannot let this stuff go legal. Oxycontin is basically heroin in pill form. When people run out of prescriptions for oxy, they switch to heroin because heroin is cheaper and it's the same high. But so long as somebody's making money off of it, put it like this. When marijuana became legal in, in in a handful of states, those states generated like a billion dollars in revenue. That's a billion dollars that's not going to the cartels in Mexico, where most of that weed was coming from. That's a billion dollars that the cartels don't get because it's legal. You know. But with Oxy, you talk about people with crippling addictions you know, and, and overdoses. It's really easy to overdose on Oxy because it's so powerful. But all these uh, drug companies are making this money. So they're going to keep on trying to push it as far as they can. I had a, a science teacher oh, when I was in, uh, in, in, in high school who told me that – Who told me that when oh, she was – I don't know uh, my mic was on. I don't know my mic was on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> she told me when she, was, uh, when she was 12, she broke a leg roller skating. And uh, she broke it in like three places and had to have surgery. So they put her on painkillers at 12 years old, and she got hooked on them, you know. And it wasn't oxy. It was, you know, it was a long time ago. But just the fact that you put a little kid like that on painkillers, you know, and they were looking to, to lower the age that doctors can prescribe oxy to, uh, to kids. That's absolutely ridiculous, you know. But somebody's making money. So as long as somebody's making that money, they're going to keep pushing this stuff on people. Put it like this. Even something like Quaaludes, right? You know, the, the, the drug of Bill Cosby's choice. Um, 
as they said in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, quaaludes were a sleep aid, right? And people started to figure out, hey, if I take these quaaludes and I don't go to sleep, they make you feel amazing. So people were abusing quaaludes left and right. And at one point, it was like the number one abuse drug until the government stepped in and uh, they banned them. You know, when regulations are working for the good of the people, they work, but sometimes they don't work for the corporations, but that's okay because it's the corporations. They'll be all right. You know, they just can't allow the corporations to hurt people. Look at that. Look at the rule that they are rescinding. Uh, that Obama put in place just before he left office that tells uh, coal companies that they can't dump coal ash in rivers and streams in people's drinking water. Coal ash is toxic. You remember well, the whole mess that happened? Because that? that just makes sense to me. What's that? Why do you rescind the coal ash thing? Because it's, uh, it's more expensive for the coal companies to dispose of this stuff properly than it is to just dump it in the rivers. It costs them money to do that. So Put it like this. I, I, I know I'm digressing here. Gave? I'm sorry. What was the justification the White House gave? Oh, uh, I, know, I know I'm digressing here. When they had the cash for clunkers, right, one of the bad things about it was they didn't tell people how they had to have those cars delivered to the junkyards. So they were delivering it full of gas and oil. They can't crush those cars when they're full of gas and oil. So these people had to, at the junkyards had to drain the gas and oil and then pay to have to dispose of it because you can't just dump it in the sewer. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to dispose of it properly. So it's the, so it doesn't end up in your drinking water. So basically we had that whole mess in North Carolina where they were dumping uh, coal ash in the rivers. And, you know, of course, Pat McCrory was governor then, so they got a slap on the wrist, but you know, they made uh, – Obama had a rule. I, I, I want to say it was an executive order stating that uh, these companies are not allowed to dump coal ash in rivers. Now, you would figure the fact that we have to make that law is ridiculous because you should know that you can't dump toxic materials in a river. But it's so much easier for them to dump it in a river – than to just pay to have it disposed of properly. So, and of course, you know, your, your Tommy Lawrence will come out there and be like, well, it's, it's creating more coal jobs. You know what? You may as well want to bring back uh, telephone operators, like in the old movies where they sit at the desk and then, you know, they, they switch people over to the lines where they want to go. You may as well bring those jobs back, you know? I, I I applaud coal miners because they keep the lights on. You understand? Their sacrifice keeps the lights on. I'm sitting here in my apartment with my lights and my internet, you know, and my refrigerator because of coal miners. But the thing is, everything goes away as far as technology goes. We don't have eight tracks anymore because cassettes put them out of business. And then uh, vinyl uh, Well no Vinyl came and then cassettes and then CDs And now it's all digital But everything goes away You know And 
to want to keep coal jobs. I mean, all these guys are dead at 55 because of black lung. Why would you want to keep that job? Why not give people opportunity to build solar cells or to manage wind farms? You know, something where they could at least live until a, old, until a ripe old age. Because somebody's making money off those coal mines. That's why. That's the problem with America is as long as some family you've never heard of is making untold millions and billions off of something, it'll keep going. No matter how many people die at 55, black one. Mm-hmm. So. But even though I digressed wildly, <laughs> that's all I had. Blue, did you have any closing thoughts? No? Well, he's probably working. I know he's uh he's at work at the hospital. But uh I will say one last thing before I before I wrap it up. Um the former uh I don't know if they have a president in Sweden, but uh, when number 45 made that false claim about uh, crime in Sweden because of all the refugees, he shot back. And he basically, uh, I think I had the, uh, I had the article up, but basically he, uh, he made a tweet. He said last year there was approximately 50% more murders in uh, Orange County in Florida, where Trump spoke the other day, than all of Sweden. Right? Figure it like this. There are 9 million people in Sweden. Sweden is not that big of a country. You figure there's 300 million people in the U.S. There's 9 million people in Sweden. But Orange County, Florida has 1.2 million people. So 1.2 million people generated more crime than 9 million people by 50%. (laughs) But the place where, uh, where number 45 was speaking, you know, they were talking about, oh, Sweden, it's bad. They let in all the refugees, all the crime. But they have way more crime than the entire country of Sweden. Go figure. Now, when they say crime, they didn't give a breakdown. They didn't say if it was murders, if it was robberies, if it was uh, what, what have you. So I'd have to look at those numbers to be sure. But the thing is, just the fact that uh, – Nobody fact-checks anything over there. So they'll just say anything and then have to walk back on it. And then he'll, he'll number 45, will say something like, well, it was just told to me. Right. I saw that yesterday. That shit was crazy. That stupid-ass Don Lemon bitch-ass nigga was talking about it. He showed a clip of it. I hate how that show is run. I really don't see how it's still even on CNN. CNN, I don't really watch that channel, so I don't know. But CNN must have some real bullshit-ass shows. In order for him to still be on the air. CNN, they have their moments, but for the most part, if they were to go away tomorrow, I'd be okay. I really would. And Don Lemon, uh, Don Lemon has his moments, and Don Lemon has his moments where he's just like, damn, he's actually a pretty good journalist. But the rest of the time, I'm just like, this. Well, this is the problem I have. This is just a key thing just off the rip I have with him. One, he's too yellow. Two, He's so stupid. <laughs> he, 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 he talks too fast. Like I don't even know how the 
damn um, closed caption people keep up with his ass. And he's just not a good facilitator. He doesn't. He can't manage a room well. No, he doesn't. And you figure, uh, I've never seen Jake Tapper manage a room like more than one person. I know he, you know, he uh, he beats a lot with Kellyanne Conway, and I don't even know why they have her on the show. Like Morning Joe on uh, MSNBC, they stopped having Kellyanne. Instagram, they always hugged up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why they keep booking these people if they're just going to come on and lie. And uh, Mika from uh, uh, Morning Joe, she said that... media, entertainment. And that's the problem. Uh, it's not supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be informative. You know, if, if I want entertainment, I'd watch The Simpsons. If I want uh, information, uh, I'd probably end up having to watch The Simpsons because I ain't really getting it on CNN. Because they're more worried about their ratings than they are about uh, the information. If they gave the information, they'd get the ratings. You know, Fox, I don't know where their ratings are now, but it, I mean, for many years, Fox was dominating the cable news ratings because they're just, you know, it's just catnip for racists. It really is. Like, they just love it. You know, the Simpsons uh, ragged on Fox because they always say that they're not racist, and they had a, a helicopter, and then they're. On the side, it said uh, Fox News, not racist, but number one with racists. <laughs> and um, they were number one in the rating for a very, very long time for cable news. And basically, instead of all these other networks like MSNBC, CNN, instead of them just saying, hey, listen, you know, we'll just stay the course. I mean, we, we make money to keep the lights on. We'll keep our integrity. No, they try to match their entertainment factor. And with that false equivalency bullshit, you know, as uh, a lot of the other pundits will talk about, basically global warming is real, right? In a nutshell, it's real. And John Oliver said it best about global warming, about people who uh, dispute global warming. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about your opinion on a fact? But as a lot of these pundits will say, they'll have somebody who is against global warming and give them equal time with somebody who's for global warming, even though like 95% of scientists tell you that it's real. What? You know, so it's that false equivalency thing, the, the, the neutrality thing that they do. They can't just come out and what say – What I'm saying is how can people keep denying that there's global warming when – I don't know, 10 years ago, we might have had four or five snows in North Carolina. This year, we're just going to have the one. Well, I think part of the problem for people who are not that, I don't want to be a jackass and say not that bright, is the fact that they call it global warming. So every time it's 95 degrees in the summer or it gets cold in the winter, they're like, see, there's no global warming. The global warming is basically just the fact that all of our, uh, all our pollution it's making the earth uh, warmer as a whole. And making it warmer, it just creates all these messed up weather patterns. You figure in Oklahoma, there was a town in Oklahoma uh, just last week, it reached 100 degrees in February. Now, Oklahoma is near oh, Texas. Oh, shut up. Yeah. yeah, Oklahoma is near Texas, right? But their average temperature this time of the year is about 55, 56 degrees. And there was a town in Oklahoma that reached 100 degrees. 
So you figure it like this. Uh, what the climate scientist is saying about the Middle East. Uh, by the end of the century, the Middle East is going to become so hot that it's going to be uninhabitable. People won't be able yeah, to live. It's already that hot. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. I was there before. <laughs> because over the summer, you have people who were dying of heat stroke out there. Yes, they are in the desert, I know. But by the end of the century, it's going to become so hot that people can't live there. Air conditioning is not going to help them if, this, if the global warming continues the way that it does. And they made a point. If you think there's a refugee crisis now coming out of Syria, wait, wait 80 years when the entire Middle East has to leave because they can't live there anymore because it's too hot. Nah, if they, they do like how we did in Doom. We all live on the ground and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I Somehow I don't doubt that. Somehow I put when it like this. My dad was in the military. We used to stay in South Dakota, and he was a specialty. He had a specialty. So we get to live. And there was like a nuclear war or whatever. There was these bunkers we got that we get to stay in on the ground. And it's a couple. It's way, way, it's way, way below ground. Anyways, it took us um, a trip to see what it would be like because apparently we, were, we almost went to war, nuclear war. I don't know. I was like four or five at the time. I was like, damn. I mean, I never hear about it in, in, in history, but apparently he was privy to information nobody else was privy to. But anyway, I guess we was on the brink of war. And he was showing us where we were going to be staying at and what life would be like. So, anyways, it's yeah. already. Some places already got it. I know once I um once I win this lottery on Wednesday, I'm gonna uh, I got the sheets of land I'm looking at, and I'm gonna they're gonna they're gonna dig like 40 deep and start the foundation of the building there. It's kind of like they do motels, and I'm gonna have a good story, maybe two stories that's actually underground, maybe another story or two that's above ground, and basically my underground is gonna be my safe house. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean if you're thinking about like back in the in the the 60s, yeah. Uh, we were that close to nuclear war, the Cuban Missile Crisis, when uh, Khrushchev and them had. Yeah, that's I think exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, you? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had they had nuclear no, missiles right in Cuba. <laughs> he was what, like a hundred miles away from Florida, something like that. Right, right, right. Swimming distance with some Olympic type of um, swimmers, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it was really real, you know. And, and we're getting we're getting that way again. You know, we may be at war with China and Iran. And I don't know which language to learn first. If I should learn Chinese first, or if I should learn Iranian first. You ain't got to learn a shit. You got a damn Android phone. Use that Google Translator <laughs> like it ain't got nothing wrong with it. That's what I do. Just you run up on these times trying to do an assessment. I don't know what the fuck they talking about. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I speak on this end. You speak on that end. Hello, how are you doing? And then they say whatever they say. And on my end, the feedback, yeah, man, I'm great, man. I don't know why I'm here. My mom's a bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would just be sitting there speaking into my into my phone. Hello, my overlords. How may I serve you today? <laughs> now, I don't know if overlord translates it like into every language. That's probably not going to work. But yeah, you get it. <laughs> boy, Google the machine, boy. I wish I had got up on some Google stock when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Jeez. I was going, it's just that website where you look up stuff. Nope. <laughs> They're a hell of a lot more than that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They 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 big. Yeah, man. They big. Everything. My whole house is Google. I got Google Home. I got Google Appliances. I got Google Nest, which is compatible with the Google Home. I control my damn 
My damn thermostat. stop. I turn that bitch on before I get home. And I turn that bitch off when I'm not at home. Or if I know I'm going to be late, I, I keep it off. I had that bitch. I tell my group at home to start the coffee pot. I'd be in the shower, and I'd be like, oh, damn, I'm running late until the thing in the coffee machine. But in the coffee machine, shit, if I had a little robot, which I might try to get by the end of the year, I'm going to have that bitch connected to the Google Home and tell that motherfucker to put the damn strudels in the toaster for me. You dig what I'm saying? You know what? I I joke about robots. We don't robots, fuck around you know with our robotic. We got to wonder why we're not robotic. You know what I'm saying? I, I was watching uh, Young Turks, and they were talking about how uh, – and it, it, it's going down a lot in just other countries, but in Japan, like mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that uh, there are so many single people and a lot of people who are married over there don't have sex. And, you know, what? and it's basically just because uh, and they were like, well, it's weird that it's not that weird that a country that invents sex robots <laughs> or mm-hmm. you know, not having sex in their marriages. Oh, you know, like they do have those have weird sex, sex robots over there, there in Japan. Oh, do you say people are married and don't have sex? Yeah, I mean they they had they, they had, had sex, a sex robots instead. I know that. I mean, I I've seen some of the stories where they have like I've those seen weird them sex, sex robots. They ugly as shit though. Yeah, I know. I, I I've seen the articles on them and and so and seen some of the videos of them, and I was just like, that's scary to me. Uh, they, they, I don't, my dick could not get hard behind one of those, nigga. I took uh, my motherfucking premium edition of Pornhub in my hand. You dig what I'm saying? But uh, but a lot of people are. They were talking about on um, it was Match.com, I think it was. Mm-hmm. How a lot of people are polarized politically on the dating sites. And there are a lot of liberals who are just like, you know what, I, like they're not checking out new profiles and not getting in contact with people. Like over this whole election thing, it's just ruining their love lives. And even me, like I, I mess around sometimes with Tinder, and I see, especially after the election, I see more and more of people who are just like, no Trump fans, please. Like if you, like if you, if you were Trump, swipe, uh, just swipe me to the left. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And I'd seen it like every now and then, but after the election, you're on Blender. Ain't Blender for gay people? What? No, 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 no. Uh, Tinder. Nah, you said Blender, motherfucker. <laughs> no, no, I said Tinder. <laughs> no, it's not Blender. I just made that up. Blender's blinder. <laughs> hey, put it like this. I didn't know you. You you had me fooled. I didn't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Blender. Yeah, you're not on Blender. <laughs> and I was all defensive, like, nah, not me. Shit, I wonder if that Blender app. I'm going to Google it when I get out the phone. <laughs> I'm like, what would a Blender be? Blender with a, without the key. Like, I guess that would be blacks and whites. I don't know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that's all I had, man. Shit, sure that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> That's plenty. <laughs> All right, so that concludes another episode of Mop Talk. Hey, I'm tripping, dog. I need to start smoking. Another episode of Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band. I don't even know how to say it, man. We're a duo right now, motherfucker. Where are people at? It is duo of eclectic cronies, Mr. Blue. <laughs> okay, all right. Check out. Politics every Monday night at 7 p.m. and Mock Talk Radio Saturdays at 10 a.m. 
New shows on the horizon. Stay tuned. Subscribe via Google Play Music Podcast as well as iTunes Music Podcast and other blog talk and podcast radio stations. All right. And call in. I don't know the number right now. And call in and give your perspective. And, you know, we, 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 we have a very skewed perspective because, you know, we, we only understand it from our viewpoint, which is almost 100% right anyway. And if you want to say some ill shit to me, come on. And you, you racist fuckers, if y'all want to be like, Trump is God, yeah. I this shit on this I love that shit. That shit gets my blood boiling. I have insomnia. That shit just pumps me up. And then I get really tired and I get to go to sleep. That's the shit I live for, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic trunks. Y'all be good. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs>